I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. All right, we've got uh, a week and a day before elections here in the United States, and uh, I purposely have lined up the next seven days with uh, people who deal with things uh, that are in the the public arena somewhat um, and that affect Christians. And today we are starting it off right I am honored to have Kelly Shackelford with me, who is the president and chief executive officer at the First Liberty Institute. And uh, this is someone who uh, has a front row seat for a lot that's going on, uh, especially related to the Supreme Court. And so we're going to talk about some of the cases. Obviously, this was a big, big year, uh, a lot of wins uh, for conservatism, for traditional American values, yes, for Christians. Uh, and so we're going to we're going to work through some of those things. Chat is open. You're invited to be a part of the conversation. Kelly Shackelford, appreciate you sitting down with us here on Life Today Live. Happy to happy to do it. So let's let's hit some of the ones that you were there for or had a front row seat for. Uh, sometimes I know you not always the uh, lead counsel on a case, sometimes co-counsel. Sometimes you're just in the arena because you know the people that are arguing these cases walk us through some of uh some of the recent wins well the 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 big the big wins were obviously uh, and i guess i'll step back a second normally there's about eight thousand requests a year uh for the supreme court to take your case uh they take about 65 last year they took 67. um you know if if i would have had as a goal you know, in my lifetime, you know, 30 years from now, my business plan is I'm going to get two cases at the Supreme Court. Uh, that's a really stupid plan because it just doesn't happen. Mm. Well, we ended up not with two cases at the Supreme Court, but two wins at the Supreme Court within six days of each other. So Jeez. it's one of those things you can't plan. It, it was a it was a total God move. And um, two of the biggest religious liberty cases we've seen. In fact, one, I think, is without a doubt the biggest religious liberty decision in our lifetime. Uh, and I'll start with the, the Carson versus Macon. This is a case out of Maine, where in Maine for 100 years, the, most of their school districts don't have public schools. So for 100 years, they've allowed parents to choose whatever school they want, public or private, um, with their tax money. And they can even choose an out-of-state school. Uh, private school. And, but they decided to, after about a hundred years, they decided to change that. And they added one restriction. And that is, we're not gonna allow parents to pick any school that teaches from a religious perspective. (laughs) Um, And so we went to the Supreme Court and we won 6-3, that that's unconstitutional, that you can't discriminate against religious choices. And it's significant in the way I think people understand, which is from now on, Every school choice program in the country, um, you cannot exclude the Christian schools. You cannot exclude the religious schools. Parents have a right to choose those like anybody else. And that and that's big enough in itself. But it's actually bigger because if you look at the basis of the decision, it wasn't on schooling. What they said is whenever there's a government program that provides benefits in a generalized fashion, you can't exclude. You can never exclude on the basis of the fact that it's a religious group a religious thought, a religious idea, a religious person, that's that's not allowed. So think of what that really means. What that means is 
if there's a, a homeless program, or, or let's even take a drug rehab, can you exclude Teen Challenge from drug rehab government programs? Not anymore. You cannot. Can you exclude, uh, I mean, think about after the Dobbs case and Roe v. Wade being overturned, a lot of states will probably try to pass some laws helping people with adoption. Can you exclude religious groups from being a part of that? No, you can't. So you can see how this really opens things up for the church, for religious freedom, to participate fully in these solutions to the real problems. And I, I think people will find once they compete that the church has much better solutions. Uh, Teen Challenge is a great example. It's great to get people off of drugs, but Jesus is actually the better way to get people off of drugs and their numbers are much better than any of the secular programs. So I. I think this is a huge deal for the church, for religious entities to really now step into the fray in all of these areas. So that was the first real, real big one, I'd say, uh, before Coach, I get to Coach Kennedy, which is the other real big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I want to talk about that. But now, now, in fairness, that also means that if they want to send their children to a Jewish school, they could, to a Muslim Absolutely. school, they could? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and that's the way it should be. You know, Who's better at deciding where your kids should go to school, the government or those parents? And, uh, and I mean, I'm thinking with my own kids, um, you know, we sent them to different schools at different times because we, we knew what they needed at that time. I mean, I had my, my two oldest, I mean, we homeschooled, we went to Christian school, we went to public school. <laughs> we did all of that because different kids need different things at different times. And the idea that the government's going to make those decisions for all of us is is really a bad idea. And I think most people know that. And so giving parents the right to pick. Um, and of course, parents, if they if they're people of faith, they're going to pick a school that matches more with their faith, that brings that worldview in. Uh, you know, I think that's what America is supposed to be about. I, I, I do find it interesting. I mean, you know, you call it First Liberty Institute and you do fight for a lot of Christian causes but that benefits people who are not Christians. I mean, we, we have cases, a lot of cases with synagogues we're representing all over the country. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're trying to shut them down. Uh, they're they're in, in really the victims of incredible discrimination, a lot of the Jewish synagogues. And so, you know, it's religious freedom for everybody or it's religious freedom for nobody. Yeah. Either the government has the power uh, over the church and the synagogue or or they don't. And so I, you know, I love representing uh, the Jewish synagogues. I mean, one of my favorite rabbis we were with, uh, he said, uh, you know, I said, uh, 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 I went to our, uh, to our rabbis, you know, at the, uh, at the synagogue and, and our group, and we were talking and they were like, why are you going to the Gentiles? And he said, because they're the best. <laughs> and I thought, that's exactly what I want. I mean, I love it, you know, us standing arm in arm, uh, Jews and Christians. I mean, uh, I think that's a great thing, fighting for the religious freedom that our country was founded upon. Yeah, that's I, I do think. And, and so, again, I think it's the way it should be. I mean, people oftentimes mischaracterize Christians as being bigots and things like that. But you know, you're fighting for everybody's freedom. Amen. Uh, yeah, and it does kind of sound like a joke. A lawyer and a rabbi walk into a bar. Right? So, <laughs> okay, Amen. the other big case that you won and it was the Bremerton case, and I think most people heard about that, but walk us through a little bit of that quickly. Well, this is uh, Coach Kennedy. Coach uh, was in the Marines for 20 years, uh, got out, was offered to do a coaching job, and w was kind of a new, new in his faith and really had never heard from God, and so he prayed 
he was like, God, can you show me something? I've never coached, you know, I, I'm, you know, this is a new thing. And so he flips on the TV that night and it's like two in the morning or something. And it, this movie is starting called Facing the Giants, which of course is about Christians and coaching. And yeah. to him, that was the first time that he really felt God directly speaking to him. And he just went to his knees and wept. Uh, and he said, I'm a simpleton. So they were praying after the game. So he made a commitment to God <laughs> that after every game, when they go to the center of the field and they, you know, uh, pull out their phones and make reservations for dinner and all that, he would go to a knee first thing and thank God for the privilege of coaching those young men. And, and that's what he did for seven years until they realized what he was doing. And they told him if he went to a knee again, they were going to fire him. And he went to a knee and they fired him. And for seven years, we were in litigation in that case. Crazy. Uh, and won at the Supreme Court. And what most people know is that Coach Kennedy gets to coach again and he gets to pray. And that's all true. But this case is so much bigger than people know because um, they don't know what's inside the decision. In the decision, there, there's a case called Lemon. It goes back to 1971, it was the same court that gave us Roe v. Wade. And in it, they said, look, we have this establishment clause that tells us that, you know, the founders didn't want there to be a, an established national church that we all had to support. So sure. there's, there's that provision. This court in 1971 said, no, 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 it means a lot more than that. It means separation of church and state. It means that if you're offended, you can bring a lawsuit. If you're offended by religion, you can't usually bring lawsuits because you're offended. You have to be injured. And so it just opened up all this stuff and it created a test that was real vague, which what it ended up doing is it meant that government officials would say, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So we got to shut down the religion. And so our whole lives, we've seen nativity scenes come down, menorahs come down, 10 commandments under attack, you know, any sort of religion at a school, everybody goes crazy. Why? Because, the Constitution says these things? No, because yeah. of this Lemon case. And so three years ago, we had a case, the Bladensburg Cross. It was a veterans memorial that was put up 100 years ago by mothers who lost their sons in World War I. The American humanists come along, you know, 50, 60, 70 years later and say, you know, you can't have this cross on government land. And sure enough, at the Federal Court of Appeals, one of the judges said, I, I kid you not, during the argument, why don't we just cut the arms off the cross? That way nobody will be offended and we won't have to tear it down. <laughs> they ruled two to one, unconstitutional. Uh, so we went to the Supreme Court. By this time, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch had been added to the court and we looked and we thought, you know, maybe it's time to go after this Lemon case, which has been so disastrous for religious freedom. Yeah. And we did. And we won the case 7-2, but more importantly, 5-4, the court refused to follow Lemon. They didn't reverse it, but they refused to follow it. So, so I sat down with our staff and I said, look, this is big, but we've got to drag this into all the other areas, uh, the schools. And I said, it's going to take us 15 years probably to do this. And then we get Coach Kennedy. Well, the Coach Kennedy case is big because there's never been a case at the Supreme Court, never, on the rights of either teachers or coaches with regard to their faith. So we knew it's going to impact millions and millions of people. So we felt like going for the get rid of lemon argument was like going for a grand slam when you can win with a single, it might lose the case. And we thought that would be irresponsible. So we did not make that argument. Hmm. Um, midway through the oral argument, out of nowhere, 
Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Gorsuch start saying, you know, I think it's time we get rid of Lemon. Really? And we're just, we're sitting in shock. We can't believe this going on. And sure enough, I'm sitting next to Coach Kennedy uh, uh, and the opinion comes down and he's like, did I win? And we're like, yeah, you won. Shh, we're reading, you know? <laughs> and you read along and it says Lemon is over. And the dissent is going crazy. 7,000 citations to Lemon over the last 50 years were just reversed. Everywhere that the crosses or the Ten Commandments went come down, they now go back up. Everywhere that prayer was taken out, it comes back in. I mean, this is a this is the biggest religious freedom victory of our lifetime. And this might sound strong, but it's not. It's exactly true. Every American alive right now has more religious freedom than they've ever had in their lifetime. Hmm. And I think we're just at the beginning of this. So we 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 knew this is a problem that people don't understand what just happened. So we've actually created a website. It's called Restoring Faith in America, RFIA.org, just to help people see, hey, something big just happened. Here's what you can do. Because I had one of our attorneys come in and say, hey, I, I need $20 million. And I was like, what? <laughs> he said, I need $20 million. I, there's 7,000 citations that were just overturned. We need to go into every community of every state, open those cases, reverse those, bring the religious freedom back. And I said, no, no, we're not gonna do this. The people need to do this. So we created this website so that people can go and go, oh, oh, that's simple. I can ask my school board, hey, why don't you put the prayer back in to start your meeting? Or, hey, do you have a kid or a grandkid that's on the football team? Are they asking the other team and their own teammates to pray after the game? They can even ask the coaches. There's just all these things that people can now do to bring religious freedom back. Uh, we've seen so much sort of bad things, tearing down statues of George Washington, all this. This is bringing back the cross, bringing back religious freedom, bringing back the country that was built on faith. That website is rfia.org, restoringfaithinamerica.org. It looks just like this. Uh, so if you have something uh, that you want to send to First Liberty, you can you can go to the website and get more information there. And just for clarity, Kelly, um, when we talk about this, you, you are not suggesting that now a coach can force his players to take a knee and pray, correct? No. There's, there's no, no coercion all, here. No, it's all about freedom, you know, and it's, it's freedom for the coach to be a person of faith, and it's freedom from the students to be students of faith. And it's really the same way in the workplace. Uh, we're getting into a whole bunch of cases now in the workplace, but it's it's the same way our laws are set up for the workplace, which is employers should have religious freedom, but so do the employees. They have religious freedom. And so the only issue that makes it to where both don't have it is if there's any sort of coercion. Yeah. And so uh, right. in Coach Kennedy's case, he never, he never asked anybody to pray with him. Um, and uh, now some of the kids uh, about midway through his practice came up to him and said, hey, we noticed what you're doing. Can we pray? And he said, it's a free country. Um, <laughs> and, and so they did that, that for years. And towards the end, when other so many kids were doing it and everything, that the school came to him and said, hey, you know, you can't do this. <laughs> and he said, okay, look, I'll, I'll – I'll stop praying with when the kids are around. I'll just go by myself. Mm. And uh, and that's what he did. He, he waited until the kids would turn and sing the fight song to the stands. And he would go by himself mm. and he would pray. 
But that's when they told him, no, no, you you can't even go by yourself because yeah. people can see you. Um, <laughs> like prayer is the new pornography, right? Uh, you got to run from the room. Uh, they told, they literally told him he could do it only if he walked across the field, up the stairs, and into a press box. Uh, you know where there's windows where everybody could see him anyway. Uh, so like it's something to be ashamed of, you know. And it's so uh, good for Justice Gorsuch in the opinion that says, you know, that's not the way this country works. Yeah, uh, uh, kids, kids it, have religious freedom, and so do the coaches. It, it's uh, what drag queens in in, yeah. in the school library, great. But some dude kneeling, and we presume he's praying. I mean, he he could have just been drop the contact, taking a nap. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, we're talking to Kelly Shackelford. Uh, he is the president and chief executive officer of First Liberty Institute. Those are a couple of huge, huge cases that that he won for all of us, whether you're a Christian or not. Uh, there are a lot more cases that you're dealing with. I have a question about a few of them. You know, we. We went through this whole thing. Um, I spent a fair amount of time in Colorado, and there was the you know, the baker up there that didn't want to make a gay <laughs> wedding cake. We got this going on again, right? Sweet cakes? We do. We do. Uh, yeah, the Jack Phillips case, the case you mentioned out of uh, Colorado, did go to the Supreme Court, but the ruling was really narrow. Hmm. So what they said is that if, if the lower tribunal that engages in the fine against you is so bigoted that they state anti-religious comments publicly, then that's religious discrimination and you win. Well, most people are not going to get that kind of a tribunal. Uh, so the ultimate question of whether you pass these little local laws that say, well, nobody can uh, can discriminate on the basis of any LGBT, you know, Q plus whatever issues. Um, what happens when that runs into people's religious freedom? Uh, now you've got this, this local ordinance versus the free exercise of religion, because this is a government you know, law that was passed, mm -hmm. and now it's being used to try to hurt or punish or whatever somebody of faith who has a different belief. And so that's where we have the the sweet cakes, which is Erin and Melissa Klein, that for, you know, years she would bake things and people said, you know, you're really good. You ought to open a shop. And they eventually got to where they could open a shop. Their dream was to pass this down to their kids. They have five children. And, uh, she would, uh, they had a gay couple come in, same sex couple, two women, and they served them, loved them, had no problem with, they wouldn't, you know, they served them. Uh, people that say, well, they're not serving people. Yeah, they served them everything. Um, but they, Melissa would do a custom wedding cake every once in a while for somebody, but she would always do it connected with her faith, you know, with a scripture verse or something because her beliefs about marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, this couple, and by the way, at the time they asked for their cake, it wasn't even legal to be married as a same-sex couple huh. in, in Oregon. And she said, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that because of my faith, but I'll, I'll refer you to somebody. They'll do a great, <laughs> excuse me, they'll, they'll do a great job. And she did. She, she referred them to somebody, and you'd think it, that'd be it, right? State of Oregon then comes after them. They were fined $135,000. Uh, their business was bankrupted. They were ordered by the government both her husband and her, not to speak publicly their beliefs about marriage. Because <laughs> um, it might cause mental anguish to, um, you know, the couple. And uh, so we we uh, appealed that case, went up. All, Oregon's not a very friendly venue, obviously. They didn't see any problems with the First Amendment. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Supreme Court, nine to zero, vacated the decision, sent it back down, said, why don't you try again this time, this time looking at religious freedom. 
So it was kind of a pretty heavy hint. And so what they did is they realized, well, we got to do something. So they went down and they said, okay, we admit our tribunal was religiously bigoted. <laughs> uh, so we're going to wipe out the, the fine and we're going to send it back to the same tribunal to decide again whether to do a fine. And they issued another fine. And so now we're back uh, at the Supreme Court uh, asking them to take the case. So I, I've got to think if I'm the justices, I'm not real pleased with what happened below and, and sort of the defiance that went on. But it's a real good opportunity now to to finally settle this issue of religious freedom protection for people at work. And the way I would put it is, look, people can have different beliefs about same-sex marriage, but the thing that I think most Americans should be able to agree upon, that we have a right to have different beliefs about same-sex marriage. And the idea, I mean, really, do any Americans really believe that it should be okay for the government to punish a black baker because he won't bake a cake for a Klan rally? I mean, I think everybody understands the freedom to not participate in things or express things that you don't want to express because you don't believe those things. This is basic freedom. And so I, I do feel like whenever this battle is over, um, there's going to be a victory on the First Amendment side, both free speech and free exercise of religion for people who are trying to run their business according to their beliefs. And this is a real important one, I think, for people of faith, because they see the business as part of yeah. their duty and their faith. And uh, if they don't have the ability to live out their faith and, and how they run their business, that's an incredible loss of freedom. Well, I, and you're also talking about the punishment side of it, where your business, you're going to lose your business if, if you don't comply. And just, for, again, for clarity, this is not like a, a business where someone walks in and they go, you look gay, are you gay? And if they say yes, they say, get out. Right. It's, it's nothing that, that extreme. It's, this yeah. is someone saying here, I want you to go beyond your normal selling me stuff. And in those cases, decorate a cake with celebrating, which would be more similar to saying, you know, we got a Klan rally or, and now, I mean, I guess could someone, theoretically the way you see it, could someone say, I, I want to have, uh, we're having an election party uh, next week. And I want, you know, let's just take it back a couple years. I want a Trump cake. And someone says, yeah. I'm not going to make you a Trump cake. And that's the thing. Do they have a right? I mean, you know, I tell you what they what they experience every day is people asking them to put things on the cake that are morally uh, problematic. Obscene. Obscene. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they don't they're not going to do it. And yeah. they have a right yeah. not to do it. It's yeah. their expression. You're asking them to participate in something. They don't have to participate. I mean, that's. That's what America was all about, freedom of conscience, right? I mean, somebody else might have a totally different relief. Well, great. You know, either make your own cake or go to another shop, which is probably 90% of them will make whatever cake you ask for. Right. Go to somebody uh, who shares your beliefs. But the, I, I mean, I just, it's hard for me to even understand the intolerance of people who want to force someone by using the government to do something that violates their faith and conscience. Yeah, well, This should be something every American should rise up and say no. And I'll give you one example of this that I think is really powerful that happened in the Coach Kennedy case. When he was first told, if you go to a knee again, we're not going to tell you what's going to happen, but you might lose your job. And he was concerned. It was all over the newspaper. Uh, he, he waited until the kid's turn to face the crowd to sing the fight song. He went by himself. As he was on his knee, he, he said he felt and smelled what he thought was his players. And he went, oh, no, I, I wanted to keep them out of trouble. I wish they hadn't come here. 
he opens his eyes. It's the other team and all their coaches surrounding him because they had seen in the newspaper that an American was under attack for expressing his First Amendment rights. And they were like, in this country, we're standing with you. That's what America is. Wow. No, that's very cool. Okay. I know I don't have a lot of time uh, because you're obviously very busy. But I have two cases that I, I really want to ask you about, just kind of what's going on, because I, I, I'm I'm curious about them. One is the U.S. Navy SEALs case. Yeah, that's a big case. Uh, you know, uh, what happened there is uh, we have 35 Navy SEALs we're representing, and these are all guys who've given 350 years of, of combat service, many of them suffering because of it. And these 35, all from different religious backgrounds, had different religious objections to the vaccine, uh, the COVID vaccine. The way the federal law works on that is you get a right to a reasonable accommodation if you're in the military. You say, hey, look, you're asking me to do something here that violates my faith. I'm asking for an accommodation. I'll I'll mask up, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I can't do what you're asking me to do. There's a pretty extensive process the military is supposed to go through mm-hmm. to see if they can accommodate uh, because most people in the military are people of faith. Um, and instead, what our military did is refused to follow the process. They immediately started punishing these guys. One of them was on his way to his PTSD appointment. They called the doctor and said, don't meet with him. Um, they've taken away their medical insurance for their disabled children. They've, they've stopped their pensions. It's outrageous what they're doing. And this is across the military. It's not just our guys. It's every branch they're doing this. And in fact, the inspector general report leaked about three weeks ago where the inspector general was said to the military, what are you doing? You're violating federal law. I mean, this is blatant. So we, we won in district court. Not only did we win, it was so radical that we expanded this into a class action. The judge uh, granted an injunction to protect every single person in the Navy. We've got a similar suit protecting every single, uh, there's another one, every single person in the Air Force and another one, every single person in the, in the Marines. So right now there's some protection for these guys, but what they're doing to them is really horrible. And if they have their way and we were to lose all these different lawsuits that have been filed, um, they would throw out about 50,000 military families at a time when we're struggling to get people in the military. And these are not just regular people. These are like top gun instructors, Navy SEALs. This is total insanity. And there really is no rational reason at this point, especially to be doing this unless you just want to purge people of faith, people that have conscience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's really troubling, but I do feel confident that we're going to win. Well, uh, my comment, not Kelly's, but this is what happens when you have men wearing dresses at the at the leadership position. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that this is a this is military was woke from the very beginning, and it's doing great damage to recruitment, to the morale, to to That's military awful. readiness, and uh, it's just really elections matter, you know. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and. Yeah. You know who you put in charge matters, but what they're doing is really—it's really disgraceful. These are people who should be be getting awards, not being treated the way they're being treated right now. Yeah, no doubt. All right, last case, and I'm going to ask you about this one because it's on your homepage at FirstLiberty.org. Looks just like this, and it says discrimination doesn't fly. Nice play on words. Uh, you got a, you got a suit against Alaska Airlines. Tell us about yeah. that. They, Alaska Airlines got behind a really radical piece of legislation, a, a federal law that'll never pass, that if it were to pass, it would strip out religious freedom protection in every single uh, uh, you know, statute where there is such. 
uh, whenever there's any LGBT issue. Well, that's not going to pass, but they thought it was great. So they sent out to all their employees, hey, we think this is great legislation. We hope you get behind it. And then they said, and we would love your feedback. Well, a couple of the flight attendants responded back who were believers and said, you know, I'm really concerned. I mean, this could take away the religious freedoms, even of my church. So what did Alaska Airlines do? They uh, fired both they of them. Fired them. So we want your feedback, but yeah. if it's Christian feedback, you're fired. <laughs> we, you can't do that. That's a violation of federal law. And so we filed a lawsuit. Uh, in fact, we have the former head lawyer for the EEOC, Sharon Guptison, a really great uh, lawyer. She called us and said, hey, I, I've, I've seen the facts. Can I join your case? <laughs> and we're like, come on. So we've got a great team. And, and our goal is not just to win for Lacey and Marley, who we represent, uh, but it's really to leave a mark on Alaska Airlines that sends a message that to every woke corporation that you don't do this to people in this country, that we have protections and this new woke religion that they think allows them to crush people's religious freedom, that's not legal in this country. And so we, we've got to win these cases. And there's a ton of them we have right now in the marketplace because of it's sort of the shifting. We started to win against the government. So now the attacks and the oppression is leaking into the businesses. And am I correct uh, when I believe that every time you do win a case like this or bring a case like this and then win it, which is why you would even go through the trouble of bringing it, it, it builds sort of the legal bulwark against future attacks. Absolutely. Starts to set precedent and yeah. building blocks. And it, especially, I think, in the corporate arena, you win a few of these, it sends a message that it's going to cost you at the corporation. And so you, you, you tend to begin to learn that this is not, uh, sometimes it takes a little longer in the government arena because people aren't feeling the impact. There's mm -hmm. no money out of their pocket, mm -hmm. right? It's out of the government's pocket. But I think in the, in the corporate industry, uh, the pain is more quickly felt and seen by the other corporations. <laughs> Kelly Shackerford, keep bringing the pain, brother. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously, though, I really do appreciate the work that you guys do. If anybody wants to, to support uh, First Liberty, go do it uh, and and keep fighting. Uh, and thank you for taking the time to share with our audience today. Oh, I'm happy to do it. Uh, we, we represent everybody free of charge. So if somebody needs help, call us. Or if you want to support and get behind all these people, it's, it's kind of great. You get to fight the bad guys and you get a tax deduction. So uh, uh, two and one. <laughs> yeah. Again, I appreciate your time. I appreciate all you guys out there watching, being with us. Check it out. Firstliberty.org, the other website, uh, rfia.org. Uh, and let's keep fighting the good fight. It's, it's good. It's appropriate to fight it in the, uh, the courts. So we'll do it. We'll see you again tomorrow. More great guests all week. Join us again next time on Life Today Live. Be true to what you said on paper.